welcome to Seven Skills for the Future podcast. I'm Emma Sue Prince and I'm joined by my producer James. Hi Emma Sue and hello everyone. Welcome to the show. This podcast is all about putting you in the driving seat of your own life. You're going to be so much happier and live a life of purpose and meaning just by using these seven skills. And now we're in series three. I've loved doing this podcast. It's been an exciting journey so far. We've got some great interviews lined up in these series. Last week, I talked to writer and lecturer Esri Karlebach about shaping policy around future skills and work. And coming up later in this series, I'll be talking to the fabulous Louise Chester, CEO of Mindfulness at Work, and Julia Hobsbawm, author of Fully Connected and In Demand Around the World, and several other great interviews. We love to hear from you, our listeners, so do get in touch via our Instagram, 7 Skills for the Future feed, or find me on Twitter or the website Unimenta. And if you want more, just buy the book, 7 Skills for the Future, out now in all major bookstores and via Amazon and other online retailers. Okay, Masu, so what's the theme of this week's episode? So this episode is all about why we need to fail each and every day to be at our best. Uh, Linked to resilience. And when I think about my own life and and living my life, I'm, I'm always kind of stunned and surprised by how quickly things can change and how much I've changed in my life. And no matter how much sudden it may have seemed at the time, I also know my life has never changed in a single huge defining moment. It's more a little bit every day. And I know that that's about taking risks and doing things I didn't initially think I could do and making mistakes. And it's in those areas that I think I've learned and gained the most in my life. But why do we need to fail every day? Well, yeah, I know. It sounds a bit drastic, doesn't it? But, um, <laughs> but I, do, I honestly think it's how we learn and grow in the fastest possible way. If we're failing every day, we just start to take more risks and actually realize that it's okay. And that makes us more resilient. You know, if you look at many successful people, they've actually failed quite a lot. They've tried things, hasn't worked. They've gone back, tried again. But actually, if you really think about it, we actually probably do fail mostly every day anyway. Using myself as an example, I mean, I I know that I fail at listening more than I speak. I know that I fail at making those around me feel they're important when they're having a conversation with me. I probably fail at completing all the things I have on my to-do list. So so we all already naturally fail every day. In bigger ways, you know, I fail to get many of the bids that I write for consultancy work. I fail actually at most of them. But if I didn't write at least 30 a year, I wouldn't win the three or four that I do win. I failed at making presentations, used to hate making them. Now I welcome the opportunity to present. I really enjoy it. So I think, you know, if I hadn't experienced failure, I'd have been too afraid to even think about having my own podcast because of, you know, fear of failure. So we have such a strong fear of failure uh, and we need to kind of get over it. And so if we can be okay with, 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 you know, not being perfect every day, with failing every day, we kind of get over that fear faster. What is it though about failure? What, I mean, why do we have such a fear of it? Yeah, well, it, unfortunately, 
because we fear it so much, um, it causes avoidance behavior, procrastination, feeling overwhelmed. It causes all those things. And there are many things we just don't do because we're afraid that we will fail. And the reasons for that, you know, the only way you can actually get over what fear causes is to get out there and fail. So if you think about how a baby learns to walk, they're not afraid. So that means fear of failure is a learnt behavior. You know, we learn it. That's where it comes from. If you think about infants, or, or, or when we ourselves were infants, not that we can necessarily remember that, but, you know, we would never learn to do anything if we didn't already have the ability to repeatedly go through that try, fail, learn, adapt, try, fail, learn, adapt, which is what a baby's doing when it, when it learns to walk. Babies have got no experience-based evidence to draw on, so they will continually explore their world and they'll experiment with no preconceived ideas about what outcomes might be. So that's why they're okay with repeating the try, fail, learn, adapt, try again cycle until they get the results they want. But as we grow up, we take on evidence from our experiences. And so what happens is if we have a negative experience, we'll preempt how things with the world will turn out. So if we have a negative experience of presenting, for example, that will continue and we'll preempt that's going to happen the next time. You know, we'll try and work out you know, what's going to work, what isn't going to work. And then we'll base our decisions on this reduced pool of likely outcomes. And we'll we'll base our decisions even on things that like, oh, well, I'm not very good at that. You know, it's not actually a fact. It's something that we've learned to believe. We, We basically will stop trying out different ways of doing things like the baby does. We just kind of stop doing that. So the fear of failure is a big, big thing that is very ingrained and we have to learn how to move past that. Very interesting. You've got me thinking here. Uh, very <laughs> interesting. So, but of course, there are some professions, like medicine, for example, where you literally cannot make mistakes, right? Absolutely. So, I, I, I need to be clear here. Um, you know, there's a there's a difference between failing and making professional mistakes. In that sense, I do work with doctors, and and when doctors are being trained just like airline pilots and astronauts, they work on simulations. That's how they practice. And it's critical that they fail in those simulations as often as they possibly can. It's really important that they fail uh, on the ground, so to speak, so that they can work through each and every one of those failures in every possible scenario. And this will actually minimize the potential for an actual mistake to occur. And interestingly, in these sorts of professions, especially the medical profession, because they've told me this, once they're trained and practicing, the mistakes actually come from things like insufficient sleep, working long hours without good self-care and lack of communication. So that's where the mistakes come from. So there's a a difference for, for me between making mistakes and failing. With all of that in mind, how can we get better at failing? Yes, that's exactly how I want people to think. So um, first of all, uh, it's good to kind of examine, you know, or ask yourself the question, how do you think of failure? You know, what what does the word failure conjure up for you? So I think that's a question for all our listeners to to be reflecting on and thinking about. Does it mean utter disaster, which some people believe it does? Or does it just mean not yet the desired result? That's, there's a big difference between those two, right? As a disaster or not yet the desired result. I love the acronym for the word FAIL, which is First Attempt in Learning. 
and that's a nice acronym to be to be to, you know to have in mind okay it might be your second third or hundredth attempt attempt but you know the, the acronym kind of works for me it's a first attempt in learning so if we can accept and this is about learning to accept that failing is part of the path to success then we can learn to fear it less I think there are three things that you can try, that you can do. Okay. The first thing is to expect failure. So expect failure as part of progress. You're not going to progress without of it. We, we tend to fear uncertainty in life. We really don't like not knowing how things are going to turn out. So the first thing is to get better at acceptance. We get better at acceptance by simply saying yes more. In our workshops, we actually do this as an exercise so that people can feel the physical and psychological impact of saying yes. It's really energizing. I'm not suggesting that we all go around yelling yes. Okay, it's kind of more like an inner yes at the current situation. So it's an acceptance. And and yes, failure is part of actual progress. And it's okay, because we need to just relax more about it. The second is to develop resiliency. Obviously, this is one of the seven skills and one that I know that we can develop and cultivate. So it's learning to embrace resilience. Let's say you've been working on a particular project or a proposal or whatever it might be. You've done all your research, you planned, you prepared, you visualized the outcome you wanted and you failed. Okay, this happened to me actually a couple of weeks ago. I did a big pitch for uh, one of the largest law firms in the entire world and um, I, and I failed. I, I didn't actually win the contract but here's where the resilient mindset comes in when you've got that mindset it's merely a challenge you know it's an opportunity to learn it's an opportunity to adapt and it's an opportunity to grow and so although you kind of you know get disappointed I was disappointed that I didn't win I was convinced that I would win I was obviously the best I was able to kind of accept and also understand that actually Probably everybody they were seeing that day were all really, really good. And there's different criteria, different reasons. And I can learn from the process. It's really about focusing your efforts on the things you have control over and letting go of the things that you don't. So the setback is temporary and it's not personal. It doesn't mean that you have to look at the whole thing as being negative. In that situation, what I did was, although I was, I was very disappointed for about, I would say... I don't know, maybe three minutes, probably not longer than that. And then I got in touch with them and I asked for feedback and I actually had a really good telephone call with them. And through being very gracious and accepting and okay with it, I actually landed a meeting, a separate meeting, <laughs> to go back and talk about some other possible work we might do with them. So that was an unexpected outcome of just being very accepting about what happened and understanding that there are lots of different factors associated with it. And the more you can do things like that, the, the better you get at it. So it's the same thing with writing proposals. The more that I knew that, I would go for more and more ambitious ones. And the rejection is just like water off a duck's back. And then I actually started to win some really interesting projects. So it's really about getting a very resilient mindset. The third thing that you can do is to create the right environment. This is actually quite important for organizations if we're to learn and evolve from failure then we've got to be able to get behind the lessons and really be prepared to learn from our failures so organizations need to be okay with letting people fail when you look at the medical profession you know it's quite blame oriented it's quite egocentric sometimes and mm -hmm. obviously 
causing death through our failures isn't something that most of us have to face on a daily basis. We can learn a lot from examining the impact our environment has on our ability to try, fail, learn, adapt, try again. So whether you're alone you know, by yourself or whether you're um, leading in an organisation, it's about creating an environment where failure can be openly explored, where you can learn from it, and then you can adapt. Because it's in that space that the magic happens. So we need the right environment to fail. Okay. I love that advice, Emma Sue. It's really useful. But how do we deal with the inevitable feelings of frustration and regret, though? Firstly, you're going to feel that. It's okay to feel frustrated and to feel upset. I I had those feelings, but it's about not having them for very long. So the way to help yourself with that, and the main way to help yourself with that, is to just get more curious. So you've got to kind of understand that the feelings of frustration and blame and regret they may be there, but it's about adopting a really healthy dose of curiosity. So if you haven't got these strong negative emotions in the way, so, you know, frustration, regret are quite strong negative emotions. So if you can put them to one side, you can look back at what went wrong uh, in a more detached way. You can ask questions. So you can ask things like, whatever it was, was it within your control? Many things, most things are outside our control. So it's a very useful question to ask. Was it within your control? What could you have done differently? Do you need to learn or improve on specific skills? Who else could you learn from? You know, how was your state of mind at the time of the situation? So that last question is really, really important. How was your state of mind? Our negative reaction to failure can often be rooted in concern over what other people think of us because we don't like being judged. And we also judge ourselves as well far too harshly. So it's about learning about the things that are within our control and also with time, understanding how we can better control our mind and our emotions. So let's go back to this idea of failing every day. It sounds a bit strange to almost want to do it, but but <laughs> how do we do that? How do we fail every day? I believe that in order to get good at the big things, you need to get better at the little things. So that's very much my philosophy around all of these skills. If we don't fail every day and practice some of the things I've been talking about here, simply we'll never be able to deal with the bigger failures. This is where saying yes more comes in. As soon as I was asked by my publisher to create a podcast, my answer was yes, because I knew that I'd have the resources to figure it out. So even though I feared failure, obviously that was what was going on. But quite often our normal default response to something can be, no, I can't do that. So we might not say it out loud, but we might be saying it in our heads. So my normal default response when they asked me to do a podcast was, no, I can't do that for like a nanosecond, because I know that I have strategies and I, ha- I can figure it out and I can work out mm. how to how to get myself to a point where I can actually do a podcast, which I am now doing. Yeah. Put yourself in situations where you might get rejected. There's a great YouTube video on this, of this guy who sets out for a year to be rejected every single day. And he starts off with mm. just silly things like, you know, he's in a restaurant and he asks if he can start cooking in the kitchen definitely they're going to say no right really silly things but what he found Mm. that after a while two things happened one was that the things that he asked to do were riskier riskier and two more people started saying yes to his 
silly, silly requests. <laughs> but it's just small things like that. Offer to help with something. Ask somebody out who you'd like to go out with. You know, put yourself in situations that scare you just a little bit, just a little bit. Try a new skill that's outside your comfort zone. Learn another language. That's brilliant for failing every day. Uh, speak to a stranger. You know, how often do we do that? I mean, sometimes, especially in the UK, we just don't speak to our neighbours or people around us. I don't know what that's all about. It's probably topic of another podcast, but just small things. Sing a solo. Let your voice crack when you're singing. Maybe that's really outside of some people's comfort zones, but it's about just looking for small ways that you can actually fail. And it's doing it in the smallest possible ways and being very accepting that that you're going to fail. But it's about really looking for opportunities where you can say yes to something that you maybe you just think, oh, I don't know if I can do that. And then you find that actually you have a lot more resilience, you have a lot more resources and all kinds of things inside you that you can tap into. And and it's such a great, great thing to do, failing every day. And I encourage it in the workshops I run and I encourage it with my family and I try to make sure I'm failing every day myself. Great. Fantastic advice, as always, Emma Sue. I think that brings us to the end of today's episode. Yes, it does. Um, Thank you very much for listening and get out there and fail every day. Thank you for listening to the seven skills for the future podcast there are all sorts of things you can do to boost each of the seven skills if you want more ideas you can buy the book seven skills for the future you can also go online to our website unimenta and join as a member and you'll be able to access more resources ideas and free downloads if you have a question you want to ask on these podcasts get in touch through instagram at seven skills for the future or on Twitter and Facebook at Unimenta. And don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or your podcast player of choice.